0: hello this is the Monday moon for the 20th of November 2017 <sighs> yesterday was the 19th of November and a year ago on that day hailgate happened not the controversy itself but the event which spawned the controversy The NPI 2016 Fall Conference. Now, I've spoken recently about Hailgate in at least two things. uh, The previous Monday Moan and the recent Hangout that I did with Richard Spencer. And so I'll perhaps be reprising things that I have already said elsewhere. But the crux of it is that we, as a movement, have not recovered from Hailgate. Not yet, anyway. And I hope we do, but I think in order to do that, we need to analyze what has happened. We need to be conscious of what has happened and what we have done in the year since it occurred. So let's go back to the way things were before Hailgate. And I've spoken about this. I'll be, this is basically paraphrasing what I said in the previous Monday moan. Back then, August, September, October, 2016. The alt-right was enjoying what I would now call the honeymoon period. Hillary had done a speech about us, which brought us a much higher public profile, but it was still safe. The media were calling us all sorts of names, but they had no evidence to justify the slurs. So we were on top of things. We had the upper hand. We were ahead of the game. Simultaneously, Trump was going from strength to strength. Hillary was having ridiculous faux pas. The media were getting hysterical. And in every way, the alt-right was getting stronger. Everything was going just fine. We were controversial, but we were getting away with it. We were notorious, but we were playful. There was even an innocence to it all. We were playing by our rules. We were something new. And we were baffling to our enemies. And I remember once talking to Spencer in a hangout and I said something about data from Star Trek The Next Generation. It was the most ridiculous, geeky reference. I talked, he's an android in The Next Generation, and I said something about his positronic brain, which was unique in the Star Trek universe, and enabled him... To interface with standard computer components, but they couldn't understand him. He could understand them, but not the other way around. And I said, that's rather like the alt right. We understand the arena in which we're operating, but the other players in that arena don't really understand us. I remember saying that in this hangout, don't know which one it was. And he agreed. And I think it was true. And that is the privilege of being a new movement that is basically very original in its content and in its spirit. That was the precious thing that should have been preserved, but I think has been lost since Hailgate. Because since then Well, they called us neo-Nazis, and they'd been calling us that before, but now they had this bit of evidence. So they called us neo-Nazis, and in various ways we have slipped into that role that they, our enemies, preordained for us. They led us like sheep towards this role that they needed us to be in, because they knew how to handle it. They didn't know how to handle the alt-right as it was a year ago. But they knew damn well how to handle the alt-right that manifested in Charlottesville in August this year. They knew exactly what to do with that. So they have shaped us. And uh, you could debate how deliberate this process was on their part. Perhaps they acted subconsciously, and we subconsciously reacted by falling into that caricature of white nationalism from years gone by, decades gone by. And here we are, marching in the streets, looking aggressive and hateful. And here we are, engaged in long, drawn-out legal battles, which will exhaust us drain our finances and our morale and benefit them, benefit our enemies and not benefit us in any way at all. And also some of us get photographed with Nazi regalia. And that allows our enemies to directly associate us with 70 years of carefully established negative stereotypes in the public's mind. And as I've said before, it really does not matter how you, or I or anyone else, feels about the Nazis. The public don't like the Nazis. And unless you're going to persuade the public en masse that they should like the Nazis, then being associated with the Nazis in the public's mind is bad news for you. That's a reality that some people in the alt-right really need to accept. This inertia that has been developing over the last year since Hellgate was perhaps epitomized by the White Lives Matter rally in Shelbyville a few weeks ago. Again, it looks aggressive and hateful, it looks stupid, it looks ignorant, it looks lowbrow. What do you think the public are going to think when they see that? Because we do need to get the public on side. There is no question of that. You can say, well, who cares about the normies? (laughs) As I've said before, you have to care about the normies. Without them, we will achieve nothing. And when the public see something like White Lives Matter, that rally, It is easily stereotyped, it is easily lambasted and demonised, it's easily dismissed, it's easily neutralised by our enemies. It's a very bad tactic. I'm not saying that we should do no public rallies, but I am saying that if we're going to do them at all, bear in mind that our strong point as a movement was always the internet. We've made so much progress on the internet. I don't really think that we need to do public rallies. We, I think we should have some kind of public presence, but not necessarily rallies. If we are going to do them, they need to be far better controlled than they have been this year. And I know it's easy for me to say that from across the Atlantic, when we're basically talking about an American-centric thing here. I know it's easy for me to say that, but am I wrong? It's what I'm saying wrong. Surely most people would agree that the alt-right is not happy like it was a year ago. We have become what they wanted us to become. To at least some extent. But the thing about Shelbyville... It was a low point. Um, I mean, I don't know if you would call it alt-right. But whatever. It was called alt-right by the media. But the thing about it was, it was a low point, but then immediately after that, the it's-okay-to-be-white thing started. And that suddenly was this... a return to form. Uh, I know that it was started on Paul, and some people regard poll as part of the alt-right, and some people don't, so I, I don't really care. Clearly we're all in the same fucking boat, to be honest, so let's not split hairs about this. Um, It was a sudden revival. The It's Okay to Be White campaign was a sudden revival of the feeling of 2016, when we were one step ahead of our enemies. And they could just look on in, in bewilderment at the progress we were making. There was literally nothing that they could do except call it racist, white supremacist. But even in so doing, they made themselves look stupid. It was a brilliant campaign. I think it achieved a lot more than, uh, than these rallies that we've been doing this year. I think it's what we should be doing. I think it's what we were doing. When we were successful, and I think it's what we should be doing in the future if we want to be successful again. And that brings me to the point about resolving these tensions. Prior to the US election, we had so much momentum because we had so much direction. A singular goal which united us all and galvanized us. That was terrific. And then, when you're in a collective effort like that, the vendettas are not interesting to you. You don't care about them so much. And the potential for divides is just ignored because everyone is too busy working, too busy succeeding. Too busy making progress. So I think this is just yet another demonstration of the fact that this movement needs organization and structure. Because with organization and structure we can have direction, we can have purpose, we can give purpose to everyone in the movement. We can start getting things done systematically. And then there won't be these fucking vendettas. And this fucking pointless infighting. Or at least there will be less of them. Because as I say, people will be too busy getting on with things. Which is as it should be. (sighs) So in summary, the alt-right that I enjoyed and loved, the alt-right that worked basically disappeared, went into hibernation a year ago. It culminated with the NPI 2016 Fall Conference and then suddenly things went south. And since then, we have been working in a way that is unnatural to us, a way that our enemies want, that our enemies can use infinitely better than we can. And which we blindly hope will get us somewhere, even as it repeatedly damages our standing with the public at large. And I say that this way of working is unnatural to us because it's white nationalism 1.0 from the 90s. It's not the alt-right. Now, maybe we can use some of those tactics. Maybe we can employ them, harness them for our own ends. But, again, we need to get better at doing that. Because we're not there yet. And when we use these tactics, they backfire on us. Having said all that, the alt-right is still a response to an absolutely legitimate threat. And we should never forget that. But the movement itself has become dark and negative and rather nasty. And we don't need that. We really don't. We can be good men and still get things done. We can be optimistic and still be realistic. We can be accessible to the public and still be honest. People will see that the innocence which attends the beginning of a movement can't last. And the members of that movement have to toughen up. That is probably true. But we don't have to become what our enemies would love us to be. We don't have to play into their hands. We don't have to lose. We started losing a year ago. Let's stop. To coin a phrase, let's make the alt-right great again. Because we can do that. It's in our hands. I think it should be our mission in 2018. Not to repeat 2016, not to return to the past, because you can never do that. (sighs) But you can get back on track. And I think, as I say, We should learn from 2016. We should learn from 2017. But we should start doing things our way again. Because that's how we win. Thank you for listening.